we have a unique opportunity this afternoon to talk with somebody who has been uh, labeled, and we'll see if that is an appropriate one, the astronomer to the Pope, and that is Brother Guy Consolmagno. Brother Guy, welcome to the Internet Advisor. It's great to be here and great to be back in the Detroit Airways. That's right. You are originally a hometown boy here in the Detroit area, I understand. Went to the University of Detroit, among other places. Yep. Thank you so much for stopping by and saying hello to us. Great to be uh, with this group, and I love the Internet, and I love tech, so I uh, hope we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. I Listen, we've got it. Just the, just the fact that you are the astronomer, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to stop and say, no, astronomer, not astrologer. <laughs> Come on. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you must have to you must run into that an well, awful either lot. Either one has a starry notion to it, either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, somebody once uh, tried to introduce me as uh, somebody who's an astronomer to a world leader, and they said, oh, you must be Nancy Reagan's astrologer. Oh, no. dear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, you have been pursuing, and we should say this right off the bat, you have been pursuing the astrology, uh, <laughs> pardon me, astronomy as a science for a long, long time. You've yeah. gotten degrees, advanced degrees from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Technology and your doctorate from the University of Arizona. Um, what made you uh, turn to the, it's called the Society of Jesus or the Jesuits in 1989? Well, I had thought about entering the Jesuits right out of high school when I'd gone to UAD High. And at that time, it wasn't the right thing for me, and mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't the right thing for them. <laughs> so I figured if I was going to you know, be living a life of poverty and celibacy, I may as well go to MIT. <laughs> Uh, in those days, it was nine to one male female, so uh, the odds <laughs> it, worked, all that great. it worked a lot better. <laughs> yeah, less temptations. Uh, it's, it's much better now. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I pursued a degree, you know, in, in a career in astronomy, mm-hmm. uh, and the first crisis was when I was thirty. I was a postdoctoral fellow at MIT, so you know, I was with all the degrees, and I'd been at Harvard, been at MIT. I'm in the big leagues, utility infielder, but I'm in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, why am I doing astronomy when people are starving in the world? Mm. You know, those Jesuits managed to get a little bit of guilt in me. <laughs> so, so rather than, than being too crazy, I just thought, well, I'll take a couple of years off and go into the Peace Corps. And, you know, do whatever they want to do. So I, I, I quit my uh, astronomy gig. Mm-hmm. I threw away all of my papers, but I put everything on a magnetic tape that, of course, two years later, no machine in the world could read. <laughs> you know, oh, dear. Early version of Multics. Uh, and I went off to Africa, and I said, what do you need? And within two months, I was at the University of Nairobi teaching graduate students astronomy. No kidding. That's and wonderful. And I thought, well, this is crazy. <laughs> but, but every weekend, I'd go up country with a little telescope, and everybody in the village would come out and look through the telescope. And, you know, have you ever seen the moon through a telescope? Uh, no, I haven't had that pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Or even binoculars. Ask yeah. anybody if they've ever seen the moon, or better yet, you know, the rings of Saturn. And not gone, oh, wow. Yeah. Everybody goes, oh, wow. It's just phenomenal. You can see these things with your own eyes. Yeah. And everybody in the villages and, and up, you know, in, in these rural parts of Africa, and they're just like my friends back in the Thumb area in Michigan. So I realized suddenly, you know, I had a very bright cat in those days, but my cat <laughs> never really wanted to know about astronomy. This is something human beings do. This is something that, that makes us human, to look at the beautiful in the sky and then wonder, what is that? And how do I relate to it? And where do I come from? And, and just even if you don't get answers, to be able to wonder about it feeds your soul. Absolutely. You because know, you, you don't live by bread alone. I'd read right. that someplace. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I... 
My experience, by the way, Brother Guy, uh, along those lines came from being in the Upper Peninsula and camping in the Porcupines. Yeah. And at night looking up uh, and just being blown away right. at how much there is to see yes. and that the Milky Way is actually a band. Oh. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, if we could get people to stop putting these stupid street lights that only shine up and ruin the sky and don't do anybody any good. Uh, you know, you could see the sky anyway. Yep, he's an astronomer. <laughs> but, what? But, but the crazy thing was, I came back from the Peace Corps, taught in a little college in Pennsylvania, Lafayette College, loved it. Uh, broke up with the girl I was dating, and that was, you know, made both of us happy, which was maybe a sign. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, if I joined the Jesuits, I could teach at a place like UAD. Mm. So I joined the Jesuits, and uh, there was that third vow I hadn't mentioned, which is obedience. You go where they send you. Uh. So instead of going to a nice little school like U of D, which is what I wanted, under obedience, I was ordered. They didn't ask me. They just ordered me. You have to go to Rome. You have to live in a palace, set in a garden, overlooking a gorgeous volcanic lake, oh. eat all of that terrible Italian food, <laughs> and work full-time in whatever astronomy you want to do. Brother Guy, we got to take a pause for just a moment to pay the rent here, but I've got to hear the rest of this story. It is fascinating so far. Brother Guy Consolmagno is the Vatican astronomer, is with us as our guest. We'll be back to talk with more of him in just a moment. Brother Guy Consolmagno, who is the Vatican astronomer, you might say, the astronomer to the Pope he's been described as, and he's a native Detroiter who's back in the city. And uh, Brother Guy, I understand you're going to be speaking, just for folks to catch up with you, uh, maybe who want to enjoy more of your stories, um, you're going to be at Our Lady Queen of Martyrs Church in Beverly Hills tomorrow Sunday in the morning, I understand. Uh, is it Monday? Oh, Monday. it's a Monday. I beg your pardon, yeah. Monday. Mo- yes, Monday I'm sorry. Evening, Monday evening, I'll be there. I fly in Monday morning. And then Tuesday, I'll talk to the kids. That's the school I went to when I was a kid growing up. That is wonderful. So Tuesday, you'll be talking to the kids at the school. And then on Monday, you'll be speaking. Monday night, I'm talking at the church, 7 o'clock. 7 to 8.30. And that's Our Lady Queen of Martyrs, and that's uh, Pierce Street in Beverly Hills. That's east of Southfield between 14 and 13 Mile Road. Well, we we left our hero (laughs) in a tower in Rome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Looking at this wonderful scene, the volcanic lake, etc. Now, are you describing the site of the Vatican's telescope and the Vatican Observatory? That is. That's our headquarters here in the Pope's Summer Gardens. Uh, But we've also got a telescope out here in Tucson, Arizona as well. So Ah. I, I hop back and forth. And I'm one of a team of a dozen. And we're from all corners of the world. Uh, we speak eight different languages. Oh, wow. We've got, you know, every kind of astronomy from cosmology to looking at shooting stars. I, I've got to ask you, you know, the, the Catholic Church in its history has um, <clears throat> had some difficulties in its dialogue with science. <laughs> you, that, the whole point is to show that that's not the case. Okay, no, good, no. because this you is know, not Galileo. We're, we're this not is... creationists. <laughs> we're not, uh, ah. you know, most of the scientists in the 18th and 19th centuries had the reverend so-and-so, because in those days, who else had the free time and the education to do science? There you go. So what is the role, then, that somebody like yourself, who is a Mm -hmm. hardcore scientist, has in advising the Pope? What would you advise him on? Um, We don't do that much advising as simply to, you know, it's not the Pope we need to talk to. He's he's a Jesuit. He already knows. (laughs) He's he's, he's good and sharp. Uh, The people we have to talk to are the people in the pews, the people who have the same thought you did. But, you know, if you're afraid of science and you think you have to choose between your faith and your science, Mm. number one, you don't have much faith in your faith. But you're also missing out on a great way of getting to know the Creator by just 
glorying in creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The psalmist says that the heavens proclaim the glory of God. All I've got to do is proclaim the heavens. Get you outside to look up and let them do the rest of the heavy lifting. That that certainly is true. So, as weird as it may sound, how do how do you tie the biblical interface in with the stars? Uh, You know, or are you just into this profession because you know a short way to get back to God? (laughs) (laughs) It's my religion gives me the reason to do the science. You know, I was wondering Mm -hmm. when I was thirty, why am I doing it? Now I know. It's, it's a way of getting at the beauty and the bigger picture, the, the, the fact that the universe is full of more questions than what's for lunch. Um, there are some faiths that wouldn't let you do science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you were a, a, an ancient Roman pagan and you thought that everything could be explained by nature gods, well, it was thunder, well, that was the god of thunder, then you're not going to be able to figure out the science of it. But yeah. if you're a Jew or a Christian or a Muslim and you believe in a God who created the universe and is supernatural, then without the nature gods, you can find out, okay, how did he do it? Do you find, or are you currently finding, any uh, younger people that are you know, anxious to follow in your footsteps? And if so, how do you encourage them? Um, lots of younger people. It's, I think there's been a real sea change in the last 20 years. Even the people who would call themselves agnostics are much more open to all sorts of faiths, and people are a lot more free of talking about their faith. So when I go out and talk to other astronomers, because I've you know got the collar, so to speak, so I don't always wear it, mm-hmm. but it gives them the freedom to talk about the churches they go to. Um, you know, mm. if you want to find an atheist on a college campus, you're not going to find them in an astronomy department. English literature, maybe, but not astronomy. That is interesting. Very how, interesting. How, how do you use your astronomy tools with the Internet to, uh, I mean, you know, does, do, you use, do you have a lot of use for it, and how does it tie in, and how could, uh, you know, folks who want to get more interested in the type of astronomy that you do can use that tool to, to help them? There's two things immediately. Astronomy picture of the day, which is run uh, by a couple of people, one of them up at Michigan Tech. So it's even a local guy. And this every day gives you over the Internet a phenomenal astronomical image and a nice explanation. Mm-hmm. So it just ties you in and reminds you of the, the universe out there. And then for our own side, we've got something called the Catholic Astronomer Blog. And people can just you know, Google Catholic Astronomer Blog. Mm-hmm. And you'll find usually a new article every day and lots of the old articles talking about a straight astronomy or talking about the interface between astronomy and culture. Uh, and they're a lot of fun. They're, they're short. They're not you know, particularly heavy. But they remind you that the way we look at the universe affects the way we see ourselves and each other. Well, know, the- one of the great things about astronomy is we all live under the same sky. Right. Right. Brother Guy Kunzelmanio is our guest here. He is uh, the director of the Vatican Observatory and also president of the Vatican Observatory Foundation. Brother, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Explain why you would co-author a book entitled, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial? <laughs> Other than no, having a whole lot of fun with people. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is fun. And the subtitle is, and all the other crazy questions, we, we dropped the word crazy, but there are certain questions that we keep get, getting asked all the time. You know, what was the star of Bethlehem? The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but, but why do you want to know? Why are these questions important? People want to know, well, you know, is the Big Bang somehow anti-religious? They don't realize the Big Bang was invented by a Catholic priest who happened to have an MIT degree. Wow. Um, and so we go into a lot of the typical questions, 
and just play with the questions. We don't claim to have answers. You know, a really science is not about coming up with the answers in the back of the book. Science is about a way of looking at the universe with a different pair of eyes and just enjoying what you mm-hmm. can see when you know how to look at it. Brother Guy, I've got to ask you, what's it like working with Pope Francis? He, he seems, he's got my heart. I mean, I, I love yeah. the fact he's from Latin America, that he, he lives among the people. What's he like to work for? What's he like as a boss? He's wonderful. Uh, he gets us, he understands what we're doing, and he gives us the autonomy to go and do it, our thing. He also reminds us to, you know, keep the rest of the world, not just our own interests, so that he's encouraged us to run a summer school we do every year mm. with students from the third world. We've got kids coming from, including, you know, Muslims and uh, all sorts of other religions, coming from Indonesia, coming from South America, and they'll spend a month living with us in Rome and, and learning astronomy. So it's not just enough to do the astronomy. We have to tell the world about it. We have to engage everybody in it. But, you know, all the other popes, people don't, didn't appreciate, I think, Pope Benedict, Mm-hmm. He could be pretty stiff when he was talking in public. Right. He was like a German professor, which is what he was. <laughs> but one-on-one, he had a wicked sense of humor, and he was fun to talk to. That is really neat. Uh, how long have you been now in the Vatican atmosphere there? And I've been there 23 years. 23 years? I've got to ask you, because my Latin professors at school told me this was the case. Do you all speak Latin there? No. No. <laughs> Actually, we all speak Italian. I'll tell you where I oh. used the Latin I had. I use it in my astronomy because they've put me on the nomenclature committee, so we have to come up with the names of new features that are found by all the different NASA probes. And so I've got to know my Latin oh, wow. and make sure that the things agree <laughs> in, in grammar and tense. I, I understand that you've got an asteroid named after yourself. Was it four? That's it. Yeah, well, they, they made an asteroid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean there's some solid object out there, or could this be just a big ice ball that they've named after you? It's probably a pile of rubble, actually. That's what we're figuring out most of the asteroids are, uh, which is actually what I study. I, I study the meteorites that come from the asteroid belts and then try to figure out how were the asteroids put together to give us these meteorites. So I could go on for an hour. I know. That. I've got one last question for you. I saw something on, uh, I think it was on YouTube, about Planet Nine possibly existing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if we found three or four of these weird objects out beyond Neptune that orbit beyond where we've ever seen a planet, and they orbit in really weird, elongated orbits. They must have been perturbed by something. Well, Brother Guy, you know, I'm going to have to follow up that question by visiting you at the church when you're speaking. Brother Guy Kosselmanyu, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for being here with us on the Internet Advisor. Thanks for having me. It's, It's been a lot of fun.